Steppers, how are we doing? This is the day that the Lord hath made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm thankful to be back with the Directed Steps podcast. Based on Proverbs 16:9, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Would you rather be stepping in your own steps, or would you rather be stepping in the Lord's steps? This is your host, Dylan Tuttle. Today, I got a special guest. I've known this dude since I was about three years old, one of my best friends, and his name is Dustin Wilkinson. You want to say what's up to the people? What's going on? We've been through a lot in our relationship. We've went to grade school together, middle school, high school, and we're still friends to this day. I think it's been what, like 18 years? Yeah, probably. <laughs> a very long time. This is my brother from another mother. And we've hung out in the same friend group. We've known the same people most of our life. And we've seen some things that have been intermingled within each other's story. I don't know if you remember from the first podcast where I mentioned my testimony, where my best friend that I lived with in college, he passed away in a car accident. And Dustin here also was very close with him and was very involved with the accident that happened. And we're just gonna kind of talk about how the Lord directs our steps in this process of grief and you know how we both relate in this story of how we have dealt with this in, in our faith and the challenges and the triumphs with it and you know how we got through the storm together. So we're gonna start this podcast with a statistic. According to Eterniva.com, more than 57% of Americans reported experiencing a major loss over the past three years. That's not shocking because the truth is people do die and it is sad, but we have to face these realities. Loss is one of the hardest things we go through in this life and we all go through it at some point. Sometimes it's sooner than we would like it to happen. I think people think they're alone in their grieving process, the statistic shows that we all go through it and we often forget that death is inevitable, even for our own lives. This is why I believe it is so important to have an eternal perspective of the way we live our lives on the side of eternity rather than just be flippantly living and just not think about you know, what happens after we die because you never know when today could be your last day. And I think something to look forward to for those who are in Christ is what is said in Revelation 21.4 that says, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Once we pass away from this life, in Christ we know we have a home in heaven that is far removed from the troubles of grief, brought in this life because we can be with those we have built relationships in the name of Jesus for eternity. And that's something that we can all hope for if we are in Christ. Grieving and death is, is such a different process for those who are in Christ than for those who are in the world, because for those who are in the world, that's the end. But for those who are in Christ, we hope that we can see these people in eternity. We have joy that these people have went home to you, Lord, even though it is hard for us to process in this world. So yeah, our guest today, Dustin, we're just gonna talk a little bit about his story and how he's dealt with these things. And I'll kind of give some insight on how I've dealt with the same situation because me and him walked through this together. So Dustin, could you uh, briefly share how the Lord directed your steps to Jesus and the events leading up to that? I like to start this question off with every guest because I think it's interesting to hear, you know, the perspective that they went through to come to the Lord Jesus. So yeah, could you share that with us? Growing up, as you know, in middle school, we had that youth group and we had that youth pastor, Nick, who was very inspirational and just helpful in our youth. But after the accident and just high school, you know, we were kind of not living for Christ. And it's hard for me to say like exactly what God directed, like step by step, because mm -hmm. there was a lot of things that happened. Yeah. And I just think that God essentially wanted me to come back to him. And I had to hit a breaking point to do that. I think sometimes you have to hit that really, this is the worst I've ever felt mm. before you even are willing to go back to it because you're so, 
content and prideful and you want to do your own thing. You want to be everything and do everything by yourself because that's what we feel like we need to do as humans. But I can't tell you exactly each step-by-step -step direction. I just know that my life was going very downhill because we lost our best friend yeah. and it was a very young age. And you were graduated. Yeah. All my other friends were graduated. Yeah. Most of my friends. So I was like, I was in a really lonely, vulnerable spot just depressed. I didn't really see a, way, a reason to wake up in the morning. Mm. I would wake up and it would just be like, I guess, like, <laughs> I guess I gotta do this life thing. And then one night I just couldn't do it anymore. And I just prayed and cried out. And the next morning I just felt better. Yeah. I, I can't explain it. I can't, I just felt better. And ever since then I've just been slowly getting better. I'm not perfect. I don't know exactly what I'm doing, but I know that who does? Yeah. And that's just kind of how I've been going ever since then. Could you explain the moment? I think you shared this with me, like when you were in the car. So I had started working at Target, the yeah. warehouse. I was having a lot of problems with my neck and back after the accident and working at a warehouse probably wasn't the best <laughs> combination. Yeah. And I was driving home one day, it was like a 45 minute drive home from work and my neck was hurting. And I just, for some reason was just overcome with this like, missing Ian mm. like I was just overcome with it like I was just crying my neck hurt I remember the accident I just couldn't stop thinking about it and then I again I just this was the second time I cried <laughs> and prayed out with desperation I fell off from the first time I guess but literally moments later just felt like a spiritual like it was almost like a hug yeah <laughs> like it's it was, hard to explain it's like a warm hug over my body but you just feel better. It's like, I truly feel like in that moment, I had never before like understood what truly giving it to God. Mm. I think in that moment, I really gave it to God. Cause ever since then, I haven't even felt like sad yeah. about like talking about Ian. Yeah. Like I miss Ian, obviously. Yeah, of He's course. one of our best friends, love him to death. Yeah. But like, I don't feel that overcoming, like, I don't want to talk about it, like anxiety or any of that. Yeah. Like I'm comfortable. It's part of what happened to me. It's part of my story and it's part of my journey with God. Yeah. Obviously it's mis unfortunate that it happened, but yeah. I think that everything happens for a reason. It's like God took you to the lowest point to make you realize your need for him. Exactly. And then he, he made himself real to you in that moment. And I think that's special, man. Uh, it makes me think about Romans 10, nine through 10, that says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you were saved. You cried out to Jesus. You said, Jesus, I need you. And Jesus made himself real to you in that moment. I, I wanna kinda kick off this podcast discussing about grief. You know, with something a little lighthearted to kind of give you guys a little insight into our personal lives and our story with Ian. Ian's the friend that passed away. He was a student at AU. I think it'd be kind of cool to share a moment where we kind of just discussed one of our favorite moments with him. I think it's kind of hard for me to put my finger on like one specific moment, yeah, but I can talk about like qualities that Ian had that just made a ton of funny moments. Like <laughs> literally he could make anything funny just cause yeah. he laughed and it was so contagious. Like he could just find fun in the littlest thing. 
which was my hardest thing as a child. Like yeah. I needed to be, I wouldn't even play basketball unless like four people were there, yeah. you were there. Like I didn't want to shoot by myself. I was so competitive. Like yeah. I couldn't, it was hard for me to find fun in little things. And yeah. I think that him just finding fun in just the littlest thing yeah. made so much of my life funnier. If I can pinpoint one moment that I can remember of recent time before he passed, he, he started getting into skating. And it was it was a funny endeavor. But I just remember one one day we were out skating back in our hometown when we would visit on the weekends. And it was it was nighttime and, and we were out by the street behind our, our baseball field and we kinda got tired and we sat down in the dugout and we just kinda discussed about the things of life and our purpose, what we're gonna be doing, like if we're gonna drop out of college. But it's a really deep moment where I kinda got to know his heart behind what he felt his purpose and life was and you know all these other things about him that was just a special moment to capture with him before he left so yeah now we're gonna kick into this topic of how we handle with grief dustin my first question for you is you know what are some ways or what were some ways that you were trying to cope with your grief without jesus well we definitely were some partiers in high school yeah, at, at one point in time so obviously after the accident i thought the best thing to do would be to just go and party and yeah. forget about it. And the first party I ever went to after the accident just felt weird. Like, I just didn't want to be there. It was like I was, like, playing a part. I shouldn't have been there. I wanted to be at home playing a game or something. Or I didn't want to be there. But I just still kept doing it because that's just what I did before. And I thought it would help because it made me feel good for an hour or two until I didn't when I woke up in the next morning and yeah. wasn't intoxicated. I think I did some of the same things, man. Just going to drinking or to smoking and all these things that were just damaging and just kept breaking me down even more. And it, and it made it numb, but it never dealt with the problem of the grief. That was before I had Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. And so now, Dustin, as you've came to Jesus, how did he kind of help you with this grieving process? What were some of the ways that you turn to the Lord instead of these ways that were kind of destructive? Well, whenever I am like feeling bad, I always now go to the Bible. Yes. Like and just read a lesson then. Cause I know that that's probably what my problem is. Like my spirit's off or something or yeah. something's going on. But yeah, that's really, that's really it. And like I said, that's, it, it's hard for me to be like the ways because that spiritual moment, like I said, that I talked about earlier in the car was really like, that was my dealing with grief. Like mm -hmm. seriously, since then, like I haven't, <laughs> I, I I don't feel it. Like I, I love him to death and I miss him to death and I still miss him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like, I want him to be here, yeah. but God lifted that grief of me just feeling like guilty and terrible and you know. Everything, he lifted it from me. And ever since that moment, I've been able to talk about it. I've been able to talk about my history and express myself about it. That kind of makes me think about Proverbs 14, 12, that says there's a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. And like this turning to the drugs and this turning to the comfort in the world, it seems and it feels good in that moment, but it never deals with the pain that is inside you. A lot of these coping mechanisms that lead to an even more damaging path, but the long-term consequences will begin to settle in and people may find themselves in a place they thought they never would be. I know I found myself in this position after dealing with grief, but by God's grace, he pulled me out. This may sound countercultural, what I'm about to say, but I'm gonna say it. Imagine a world where every decision someone made was a sinful one. Instead of speaking truth, lies were told. Every word, every time someone went to go 
buy something, instead of buying it, they stole it. Murder and hateful actions are rampant. Adultery and lustful actions were acted upon at every opportunity. Sin is damaging to our society in every situation. No one is going to be perfect, and that shouldn't be the expectation. But if we were more vulnerable and honest about the damaging effects of sin on our society and lived the way God intended it, we wouldn't see these issues that we see in culture today. Just my thoughts on the effects of how sin impacts our lives because it seems like a little sin here and there and it's like, okay, it's whatever. But these things build up in our lives and they have a detrimental effect to the longevity of our lives. And going back to like how we go through this pain a verse that helps me trust in this, and this is a very popular verse, is Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So when he says everything, that means even the sin he uses for good, even the pain he uses for good, they're all according to his plan and it's good for those who love him. And I think just trusting in that God's in control and God knows what he's doing and I don't need to know every little intricate detail and why do I feel this way? Just trusting that his plan is going to work is beneficial to our walk with him. Leading on to the next question, do some of the pains of grieving pop up now over three years later? Honestly, not really. Like I haven't had them a ton. I mean, obviously I have mood swings, trying to figure out this adult stuff, going to work. I have a fiance, just trying to figure out life, but not, not really grief. That I'm at least aware of, maybe it comes out from grief when I'm upset or something, but I, it's never been like I've been depressed. Cause like I said, from that moment, it's just, it's supernatural. I really cannot explain why I don't feel this overcoming sadness and all of that stuff anymore. God is good. I agree. When I came back to Jesus, a similar thing happened to me. I was radically transformed. God changed my life, flipped it upside down. And I had these feelings of grief before I came to Jesus. But when I gave them to him, he didn't take the thought of missing him away because I still miss him to this day. I think about him a lot, sometimes even, even in my dreams, but I'm comfortable that God's plan is God's plan and I'm trusting in that. That may be hard for the world to hear that, but it's brought comfort and trusting in his sovereignty. My next question is, how did losing a friend at such a young age change your perspective on life? It definitely helped me to appreciate what I have and just every moment a whole lot more mm. before it's just you're in high school you think you're invincible you think you can pretty much jump off a cliff and somehow you'll land in the water that isn't there or something yeah. but i think i took a lot of my family and friends for granted before mm. just feeling like time is never gonna end because you never really you don't really think about death until it happens obviously yeah which is sad but it, it's true. Like no one really wants to spend their time of their day thinking about such a sad topic or something that's gonna ruin their day. But I think that it definitely made me think about every single day I need to try and take advantage of it. Mm, that's true, man. Time is a limited resource and what we do with it really does matter. We could waste a lot of time. It's true. I think about the years that I spent without Jesus. That was a waste of time looking back. And now I'm like, I can't live life without him because I don't want it to be wasted. The years that I've spent with Jesus are the most grounded years of growth in my life. I will say for me, it made me realize like I'm not invincible, like you said, and my actions really do have consequences. Also made me think of the impact I have in this life on others and question what my purpose truly is in life, which eventually led me to Jesus. I don't know why God permitted that accident to happen, but I trust that God's plan has a purpose, even though it is very uncomfortable in that moment. I've heard this analogy before, 
a parent takes his child to the doctor, okay? The, the son cries out to the parent that he's in pain from the procedure, but the father knows that he has to go through the procedure to live a greater life in regards to longevity. This isn't a perfect analogy, but I'm hoping you get the concept. The parent understands the greater purpose of the procedure than the child does because the child only sees the momentary pain, similar to how we are children of God, where we have limited understanding to where God is all-knowing, according to 1 John 3.20 and Psalm 147.5. In regards to like dealing with grief and stuff like that and going through the hardships of life, it makes me think about Romans 8.18 that says, yeah, what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. What we go through in this life is nothing compared to the life that's going to be given to us in eternity. And we have hope and we have faith in that. And then it also makes me think about James 1, 2 through 4. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So when we go through these trials, we have an ability to grow. And growth is something that typically happens when the pressure is applied. And that's difficult to say when you're going through a grieving process because, man, I wish my brother could be back here. I really do. But I count it as joy because I have grown in this process. If I could have him here, I would. But God's plan, I trust in that. And wherever the cards may land, I know God has it there for a purpose. So... This is towards the end of the questions. Is there anything else you would like to mention on this topic of grief that may have popped in your mind, made conversation that you would like to talk about? Like you said earlier, with the statistic of 57% of people have lost someone in the most recent years, I think that people need to be more open about talking to people. Yes. But I think more importantly, people need to be willing to listen to people, especially now. Like even if like they're having a conversation like, they're probably listening to you, but they're, like, scrolling through TikTok, and, like, yeah. you're, like, the second thing that yeah. might pick up a word or two. Yeah. But they're like, yeah. <laughs> but I just think we need to bring social connection. Human beings need to talk and yes. care for other human beings again. Yeah. And not want to change the topic because it's uncomfortable to Ooh. you. But, yeah, that's probably it. I'm glad you brought that up because that's kind of what I'm going to get into in my call to action, which is based on Hebrews 12.1 that says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race of God has set before us. As believers, we are running a race with endurance through this journey of faith. Some things are going to happen in life that may hinder us and slow us down, but how are we handling those things that slow us down? In the aspect of grief, these things are inevitable, difficult to work through, and they may slow us down. Are we being vulnerable about our grief or are we harboring it to where it suppresses the healing process? We need to heal. If you are grieving, you need to heal. How do we heal? Seek community. Seek help. Talk to others that have gone through similar scenarios. Stay consistent in prayer and Bible readings. Don't lack. This is the time you need God more in your life. Amen. These things take time and life may not be the same after that person's passing. I'm not trying to disregard that. But when relationships are in Christ, there is a level of peace because you know we will reunite in heaven with those loved ones according to 1 Thessalonians 4.17. So that is the end of the questionnaire, the interview. My agenda for the next upcoming podcast, we're gonna have somebody coming on talking about being a student athlete and how walking in the Lord's steps has been challenging and how he finds prosperity in his relationship with the Lord through that process. And yeah, 
Once again, it's always a pleasure coming here to talk about the things of the Lord. This is the Directed Steps podcast. Your host, Dylan Tuttle. We are out of here. Peace. The Directed Steps podcast is brought to you by Pixabay royalty-free music and Bible translations such as the New Living Translation and the New King James Version. Thank you for listening.